ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. Hi, Dan and Chris. It's Julie from Manchester. I love listening to your Ascend podcast. It's really inspiring to me. Keep up the good work, lads. Laters. Hey, what is up everyone? And thank you so much to Julie from Manchester for that message there. And latest to you as well. Love the Manchester accent. And it's what's interesting is Manchester is actually only about three hour drive from where we're located. And it's crazy how you can literally travel 15 minutes to another part of the country and the accent is completely different and amazing stuff. So please keep sending these messages that really does highlight and give a picture of the community. And like I've said before, sound quality is not important. It's a message that matters. So anyway, this podcast conversation is from our time at the Glastonbury Symposium. We're joined by Louise Belairs. She's a multimedia visionary artist and has a keen interest in secret geometry. And as you will see from this podcast, Louise is very much a normal and relatable lady. And as you will see, as she mentions in this podcast, she also has two young girls and she's basically just a mother trying to find her way through the matrix of life while at the same time trying to improve on many different aspects of her own, of her own self. And I think you will really like this podcast conversation and you will see at the beginning of this podcast, Louise was very nervous as this was the first podcast she's ever done. But I know you will see that she is down to earth and very much a relatable person. This was a good, cool conversation. And I also just wanted to say thank you so much to Aaron Hunt and Brandy Corkins, who have recently both just threw a couple of books in the one-off donation pot. It really means a lot. You are really awesome people and it really does help the podcast. And if you also want to support the podcast, we have a Patreon page. And as I've just mentioned there, we also have a donation one-off option now. It really does mean a lot that you guys are feeling that this thing is even worth a few bucks each month or even just a one-off donation. It really does help us pay for the run of the podcast. And currently at the moment, it definitely doesn't cover the full run of the podcast through the donations and the patrons we've got so far. But any amount, all is a massive help. As none of you out there have to have to do that, but everyone who does, we really do appreciate and you are amazing people. And also, we understand as well that people can't support us. Times are hard out there. And we completely understand that. It's just awesome that you're finding some value in this thing. So anyway, let's jump into this podcast. Enjoy.
So, camera techniques. Am I looking to the camera? No, no, no just, just, just conversation. Yeah, just, just, just pretend there's us three just in the room. The cameras there. <laughs> That's it. Just in the room, having a conversation. <laughs> We've just met on the dance floor. <laughs> um, how can we start this? Um, maybe just start like like we said before. Um, what's some interesting questions that you are asking in your life about yourself, maybe, and what things in your life are you maybe trying to figure about and find out who you are? I'm trying to be the perfect me. Yeah. Which means the perfect health the perfect mind and the perfect spirit and trying to bring all three together and unfortunately I didn't concentrate on the yeah. body very well we are filming now yeah yeah, yeah we're filming now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start again yeah. Um, so yeah the, the question of the best me ever mm-hmm. is um, how to improve myself so that I have no pain, I have no pain in my head, so there's no inner chatter and no um, demons wittering. Um, the perfect body, the perfect connection to spirit, um, and that's quite a tall and big ask, Yeah. but it's bit by bit every day, so every day with food, it's is that feeding me to the best? Um, and stress, if I'm working too hard, is that stressing me out too much? If I'm upset, what's really upsetting me? Is it something now? Is it something from my past? Is it something I need to look at? Um, so I've got a constant self-improving yeah. sort of I think, philosophy. Yeah, like that. I think we need to do that because I, I, in my life as well, I know like you, you said, the inner voice, like the inner chatter. And I think um, it's so hard, I think, in the modern day world to decipher what that inner voice is really wanting to say to you because we have all these controversial voices saying that you need to look this certain way you need to eat this certain food you need to do this you need to have this type of relationship we've been sold this like constantly we've been bothered with this idea of how you should be without really asking exactly. getting deep with your core of yourself and asking who do you want to be and i think a lot of people struggle to do struggle to do that i mean mm. do, i mean do you think in society have you did you when you started sort of um expanding your awareness and research and things like that did you really understand that it, it has been hard for us as people coming through this sort of in living in society to try and really understand that well i found it incredibly fascinating that um my thoughts i thought were my own mm-hmm. until yeah. i started searching down the rabbit hole and oh, then wow. i started questioning are my thoughts really my own or has someone put them there yeah um, and realizing that actually most of my life people loving though they may have been yeah. have been putting thoughts into my head and so then you have to discern what thoughts I'm having because just going down the rabbit hole just because other people have different thoughts doesn't mean they're right mm-hmm. so it's then it, this the paradox and the madness of knowing about conspiracies knowing about the fact that I've been brainwashed probably all of my life mm-hmm. and I don't know what the true essence of me is um, and then trying to work out how to really listen inside to what I really believe because most of us are shut down to the fact that in our mm. heart there's a feeling and it's like, yay, it's good. Yeah. No, it's bad. And it's, it's quite simple, mm-hmm. but we don't listen to it and yeah. we carry on doing stuff that stresses us and we see these creases come in yeah. and it's, 
we go inwards and we don't realise that this is not what we're meant to be doing and that those feelings of negativity are our own um, navigation system to try and work out which way we're meant to be going and we are meant to feel good. Yeah. Or we're meant to experience the feelings we're feeling if they're genuine experience um, feelings. Yeah, I, th- I think people are, are very void of self-acceptance as well. They're, very, they're always seeking to improve and always looking for their, the next thing, the next thing that's going to make them happy. But a lot of people like disconnect with the whole essence of now and the essence of the present moment and just being grateful for who you are, being alive and having this gift of life. A lot of people dis- like disconnect from that. It's so hard to do that though because like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I know when you were saying that, I'm guilty of that myself because mm. I'm, I'm always, exactly the same, 100%. I'm always, I always have this vision in my head of like the next thing I want to do. Oh, this, it's going to be the next thing that's going to get us this. When I get this, I'll be this. When I get that, and it's so hard to like mm. try and pull yourself back from that and realise that it's something I really struggle with. everything now. really struggle with like the whole understanding of just being like straight after like all these this weekend it's going to be amazing powerful and we're going to get so many guests and then straight away in the drive home i'll be like when's the next one when's the next one mm. instead of yeah. just sitting back thinking of all the great speaking all the great commu- conversations we're having even right now i'll be like this is so like beautiful and this just enjoying the moment but it's like keeping up with that moment instead of like letting your brain rush off to the next yeah. stage and I'm, I'm always been guilty of that and Maybe our brains are our own worst enemy in a way. They are, and I think if we can just practice a little bit of mindfulness every day, and just if you can just stop yourself in your tracks and go, look at the sky, yeah, yeah, look at those clouds, look at the trees, watching a child playing, watching a puppy, whatever it is, to just stop and notice it and actually notice the moment, and like. I go swimming and all I do when I go swimming is I hear the bubbles around my ears yeah, yeah. and then the breath and then back into the bubbles and then the breath and that is such a deep meditation to just experience what's happening without having to analyse it or yeah. talk about it or think yeah. about it to just switch your brain off and be with that moment to yeah. be walking and to not even go oh there's a tree isn't it beautiful but just to accept things going past without putting words on them because yeah. we're quite used to stringing all these words when a lot of it's about feelings yeah I, I, love, I love that it's like um, a lot of time that I love that by the way how you said of like just listen to the sound of the bubbles and um, like one of the ones I love doing is um, obviously we're in Glastonbury now and um, in the town centre I like analysing people mm. because it makes you realise like it makes you for, your, for a few minutes ever how long you look at, look at people people watching it makes you forget the self and realise that you're part of something a lot more vast and complex than just your little sort of tiny bubble that you're living in your mind all the time. Yeah, I've um, I've just been reading a book uh, by David Deirdre, the the Way of the Superior Man. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, I've heard of that. It's a really good book, and he was talking about really connecting with some pe- some people, um, really connecting with someone who's emotionally connected. You see, a spouse or a partner, and he was talking about even just the look, looking into someone's eyes. Mm. gives you a real glimpse of of the essence of life it it really puts the magnitude of that's someone there who cares about me physically mentally spiritually they want to be with me i want to be with them in this moment mm. they are given a gift to me and and that's the real value the real value is the connective connectiveness that we all share and this is why me and dan 
we wanted to do in-person podcasts because we weren't getting the, that same over Skype when we used to do them before. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now people Body resonate. language. Well, you get to know somebody, yeah. don't you? Even exactly. in meeting beforehand, just those few moments when you just connect. I think there's a different for, sort of, um, some sort of, uncon- I'm going to call it sort of like an unconscious energy that, that we don't understand. Mm. That's working when, say, if I meet you and you're... Your analytical mind can't digest it, but there's something deeper that sort of understands that there's an important thing that has to happen with in person rather than just like sort of taking that away and then being on the mobile phone or being on on Facebook or whatever it is. I think that's and I think that's the important thing that as a society we actually could be missing is that that one-on-one real yeah. connection. I agree. I think there's a lot of energy that you feel on one-on-one that you don't get with all the digital connections. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. I mean, you'll probably feel that as well because today, obviously, you're speaking on the stage. So that energy that you're going to feel from the people is going to be completely different from. Because I think a lot of times, like we were, we were doing this as well, where we were um, doing, like Chris said, we were doing interviews over Skype, and we weren't having that real form of connection. And I think you can, we, we can, as human beings, get in these patterns where you get, you get in a comfort spot where you just get wrapped up in that. I can do everything from my home. Mm. But the main important thing is like today you're gonna to feel it when you go on that stage. You're gonna feel that energy and it's gonna and initially, yes, you, you might it's gonna be out of your comfort zone and things like that. Yeah. But the essence of what you get from that afterwards and the the, the energy that you feel from the crowd is is gonna be all worth it in the end. Yes. Isn't it? I believe so. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um I've I've really like looked into a lot in um, in life and especially with the connectiveness of, of each and every one of us. But apart from the connectiveness like we're talking about there, going back as well, I think a lot of people really need to isolate themselves and look within because maybe so many people are reliant on other people as well. You just brought the main example of why we need other people. Mm-hmm. But maybe we there's another aspect like the yin and the yang where we need to isolate our mind away from like alternate thoughts from other people like you mentioned before mm-hmm. and really sit with your thoughts but, and ask yourself what are your thoughts saying about you what is your mind saying about you yeah. How, what are you really thinking up there because a lot of people when they just get in the car and they check on the journey the straight away they turn on the radio or they want some external voice giving them something to put on here instead of taking the radio off or take, getting out your car and just sitting under a tree like the buttered ones did yeah. <laughs> and really analysing who you are and that's where we need to start as well. I, I totally agree with you. Um, and I think that people put up protective layers because actually facing your own soul is quite a scary thing. Yeah. Um, nobody wants to sit with their own thoughts because if they've got, if they haven't got a control of their thoughts, their thoughts can run away with them. And it's a little bit like demons running in your head, these little programs that are saying you're bad, you're this, you're nasty, whatever. And yeah. To just watch the telly means you don't have to face any of them, but really you do need time to actually connect in and and wonder why maybe you're upset even, why you're not successful, why you don't like yourself. And I mean, I do a lot of questioning myself because I believe that if I question consciously, my subconscious will come up with the answer. And more often than not, if I put a question in, a day later, two days later, a memory will come back out. And it could be something that was devastating and it could take me four days. And four days, I will think nothing but that thought and I will go over it, I'll relive it, I will feel into how I felt at the time and I will allow those emotions, instead of a dam, to run like a river 
and flow through me and when they're gone they're gone and then it's spent and the emotion's not there anymore when I look again that's but brilliant that takes quite a lot of yeah, courage to do because it does bring up stuff that you don't remember and it's like wow gosh did that really affect me that much yeah. it's like wow I was on a, um, it's weird because you, you brought up a, a memory in my mind, just bringing that up. <laughs> when I first started on this journey, before um, my self-help journey, I was, I gained a lot of weight and I was constantly with a video game addiction. I was, mm. I was playing video games from till two in the morning from six in the morning. So I was like sleeping four hours and then I was just, I might walk to my friends and we just play video games all day and that, eat crap food and gain loads of weight but I never thought about any of the dangers so mentally I felt fine I mean completely fine it was only when I begun the self-help process that I really looked and analyzed who I was and then I got in a depressive state but I think I needed to go through that depressive state in order to really be who I am now which is a very accepting person of who I am and I needed that process of going through all the terrible to realize how good it is eventually on the other side when you when you break into this this new version of yourself sort of yeah, yeah, yeah which is a form of betterment and you think jeez always look at the life i was living i was playing video games nearly 20 hours a day at some point and sleeping four hours and and my mind was just fried and but i was fine it was only through the process of the yeah. recovery that i started analyzing my thoughts and my thoughts was really like breaking us down I, I completely hid away from my mind putting this external force a um, video game console in front of us and just using that for as a um, as a source of for something to block out like a drug it was like an addict drug yeah wow that's why that's why i think it's important though because um it's interesting what you're saying there about you playing the video games and things like that and then because in life i think you have to go through that lesson to learn something deeper like because if I don't like you know in life you can like what's it they saying again about the it's an old expression but I always get it wrong wait and see you take a horse to water but it, you can't, you make, can't a make a drink yeah. yeah and I think like someone could give you that knowledge saying that video games is not bad video games is not bad but it's because you went through the lessons you realized you came to that own conclusions yourself that it was bad that 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 grew you as a person mm. because it was um there's a story I heard I, I probably butcher this completely butcher but it was a story about a little kid who was um playing in the garden. And it was a butterfly, like cocooning, like coming out the butterfly. And uh, the little kid had a stick. And instead of allowing the butterfly itself to like come out the cocoon naturally, it knocked off the back of the, the oh, its wow. cocoon. And then when the butterfly came out, it wasn't mentally and physically prepared because it actually hadn't developed the wing strength to come out of that and the, the mental ability to be able to withstand other stuff that oh, within wow. a few hours, the butterfly actually died because it hadn't built up that mental yeah. capacity. It's the same with flowers. If you pop, especially the, um, is it the freesia, the little dancing yeah. ballerinas? Oh, As a kid, you know, those lovely flowers with the little legs, mm-hmm. and I used to pop them, and they never came out properly if you popped them. Oh, wow. So you can't pop a, a bud and expect it to flower. It just dies. It's interesting how mm, that, that, point. That, yeah. um, that understanding what we were just talking about there, that is, that's um, symbiotic through nature and humans like because we i think sometimes we think that because you can get a lot of answers from nature like if you go to nature and you look at certain like even just that story i told because a lot of them because nothing's like what's the word i'm looking for like nothing's individual like we 
we sometimes as human beings we think we're not nature but we are part of nature and nature is totally. a part, part of us totally and what actually drives me mad is when people say that the problem on the planet is humans mm-hmm. and I don't think it is I don't think humans I think they've been brainwashed to a certain extent and I don't think they're acting very well yeah. but I don't I mean if you look at the humans on this planet if you meet people you go out there they're incredible yeah there's some incredible people out there that um, have amazing imaginations and amazing inspiration, and they're not the problem. It's the system that we've been we've fallen into, mm-hmm. and the thought process of doing harm. Whereas, if we actually thought about looking after number one, treating everyone else how we'd like to be treated, yeah. and doing no harm, and then only doing things on the planet that actually do no harm to the planet. So you can have electricity, you can have technology, you can have it all, but we can do it in a kind way to the planet. Surely that would actually solve the problems. Mm -hmm. And it's not humans, it's the way we're thinking that's the problem at the moment. That's a really good point, by the way. There's a huge... um, It is a hard thing, that, because... I mean, like, we're doing a podcast now, we've got microphones, we've got a camera, we've got lights and things like that. And it's, like, it's such a hard balance in your own mind trying to, like, do the right thing, because... Like I'm understanding that things that I do in my life, yes, they affect nature. Like that's that's having a like some of my actions that I do in my daily life are affecting nature on a bad way. Mm. But then there's still the part of us as well that, which I don't know if it's right, but I have this feeling in my head that no matter what I still what no matter what we as humans beings do to nature, I think ultimately nature is going to be fine because nature is always fine. Nature always. Gets, gets itself back together and it's actually not nature that's screwed it's we're gonna we're the ones yeah. that's screwed yeah exactly it's it of course nature will be fine it's just how can we live yeah and continue to yeah, live exactly. with nature and be fine and have the planet okay so it's not going to fry us all um yeah no <laughs> how, how, have you ever thought about how how we could do that i mean i know it's a big question but i don't know how we could do it but yeah. anyway. um i think we need to release the wealth in the human being because we are all ultimately the most valuable thing on this planet mm-hmm. because if I said to you is I've got 50p can you get me a cup of tea it's not the 50p that's going to get me a cup of tea because we're in a house you're just going to go and get me a cup of tea it's your value that goes and gets me that cup of tea not yeah. that coin mm-hmm. you know the value is in what we do yeah, as right human that. beings and when you really look at it oh god we're getting into politics now but <laughs> Seriously, most of the jobs on the planet are just paper pushing for the sake of it. Yeah, and if you got rid of all that and had a basic wage, actually, yeah, and then on top of that, people did things for inspiration, in spirit, inspired. You are channeling your divine message to give to humanity because you're not slaved to the system yeah. where you have to earn enough money to keep your house. So once you get people inspired, then all the natural talents on the planet come out and everybody together decides how to move forwards. Yeah, I love that, by the way. And I think that's a big problem that I've recognised. I mean, I think a lot of people will have this. I mean, we all work normal jobs and things like that. But when you're in there, you just don't feel satisfied. There's, there's not a part of satisfied. Like, I feel satisfied having this conversation with you now. Yeah. I know everyone can't do a podcast and everyone can't be an artist or a painter. Well, they can't But that's be, not what they want they to be. Yeah, not yeah, everyone course. wants to be that. Yeah, course, and that's exactly. the beauty of human yeah. nature. But I think when you do find whatever it is, what you, whatever your thing is, even if your thing is, I know to go back to your point before, but even if your thing's playing video games, like if that's your thing and you find satisfied out, you can help people out with that. I mean, look at how many people create video games on YouTube, like mm. millions of 
millions and millions of people watch them or a huge audience and make a living off it they're doing what they love but if they're also clever with it they can do something to help kids and educate them in a yeah. way that's more valuable and which I think is the ultimate goal I think um, sorry no <laughs> Games. How about we make <laughs> games a little bit more exciting? Yeah. And I mean, I've I dreamt of doing a sacred geometry app slash oh, cool, game where you're actually traveling yeah, through cool, sacred actually. geometry cool. dimensions and worlds. And I don't really know what the narrative is and the point of the game is because I'm not shooting anyone, but maybe to ascertain um, traveling through all these different shapes just and to understand different worlds and within the shapes that's cool there's so much in my head that I'd like to create like that that would just be awesome so video games they don't have to be bad they could be educational Mm -hmm. and fun yeah certainly I was thinking in my head there just to go with my creativity aspect all the different levels within the game like the the planets themselves are not planets they're actually just secret geometry and you're flying in your macabre that's cool do you know before as well when we're seeing about um, we're talking about jobs and things like that about how because we I think I don't know if we talked about this before but if you think about a lot of um, jobs in society a lot of time I mean I had a I'm not to, not to, not to, definitely not mention any names because case their boss is listening at work but I've, I've got a, quite a few people who say like oh, I've done my work by 10 o'clock at work and I've got nothing else to do and then they've all got rest of the day and just got to pretend that they're working and I think there's a lot of people and I've had this in jobs before where you've people are working like the structure of society says you've got to work eight hours mm. but even though half of the jobs can get done in this amount of time so the boss is playing a game saying oh just shut up we're doing the same thing yeah. and you're doing the same thing oh just shut up we're doing the same thing <laughs> it's so hilarious because there's going to be someone listening to this right now yeah. who's going to be at work and they're going to be skiving listening to this at work and they're going to be thinking oh he's completely right there because yeah. I'm skiving <laughs> what the real purpose of it is is to keep you away from being inspired exactly and creating what you were brought to this planet to create yeah well, do you think that's one of the biggest things because um, the time aspect like do you think because when I've been doing all this research and I've been expanding myself as a person one of the biggest things that I've realised is that time is an important thing and I realised that there was a lot of things that I was doing, like definitely of my choice as well, but obviously things that had been bred in me from a young age, saying you've got to do this, society and stuff like that. But I've started to strip away and manage my time more and value and try to strip things that I don't really need to do to make time for things that I really want to do. Absolutely. Have you have you found that in your life is by like stripping other things away that you you don't really have to do? Have you found that? When you, get, when you open yourself up to more time, that's when you can find yourself as a person more. Yeah, no, I've realised I don't need a tidy house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as a mother with two children and a husband, I don't actually need a tidy house. And if I had a tidy house, um, and if the kids all got fed on time and all that, then I wouldn't do my work. Mm. So I, and I have to not stress about it. Yeah. But it's always very lived in. And yeah. of course you have to strip away what's really important. I mean... The biggest waste of time ever invented is the iron. What on earth was that about? <laughs> You're going to make that woman stand there and make everything flat so that you can go and sit in it and crease it again. It's like, come on. <laughs> See, I, I, would, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even say the iron may out go even further and I would say clothes. I think everyone should just walk around here. <laughs> in this weather, yes. But I'm winter not might so be sure a in the winter. <laughs> I was stopping indoors if it was winter and that was the case. Yeah, yeah, where's the fire? <laughs> that's a funny thing though, that um that's that's something as well that um I was on holiday once and um I actually walked in the shop with my top off and um like the, the the system a lot of people like 
don't like that. It's like because there's actually there's certain laws where if you take your top yeah. off, you can get you can get wrong and things like that. And I remember walking in, I had me uh, hippie hippie style. I had me uh, shoes off and bare feet, and me top off and stuff. And I just had a pair of shorts on. Well, actually, it was more like a leaf just covering. But was <laughs> 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 on here. But I was walking in the shop and. Um, and then obviously this, the supermarket guy says, oh, you've got to get out. Obviously he didn't say it in English. It was like Spanish. He was like, blah, 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 I've got to get out and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, I, think, I just think it's funny how um, like a long time ago that was, wouldn't have been seen as that. It's like, it's interesting how things in society can switch and change like things that were just classed as normal in the past and weren't frowned upon. And now we, we have so much bullshit wrapped around it. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's, things do change completely. Yeah. I, uh, completely different relevance um, yeah. is that last night, uh, yesterday, I was dyeing my daughter's hair with temporary dye. She's only 10. <laughs> and we oh. dyed it green. And I just had this flashback to when I was a teenager and thinking, dyeing your hair green back in the 80s was a bad thing. And now it's a good thing. Exactly. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think something I like to um, talk about, you know, when we're talking about like um, open up our creative channels, mm-hmm. our creative thoughts, finding your process. I think a lot of people um, in school right now, you mentioned your, your 10-year-old daughter, she, who's going through the system right now, she'll be getting through the process of of being uh, educated through the system, yes. through mathematics, through science, a very concrete, very structured, analysed view of this is what's happened, this is, your, this is what you do, this is what you know. Mm. And there's no creative output, which is really putting in I don't know if it's changed much since I was in school through art or any creative um, essence through school I'm not too sure if there is now but essentially schools are hampering our creative thoughts so people have to like spend a greater portion of their life believing they're in a system and in order to feel like an oppressive state and then just go you know what this is not what it's all about I've lost I remember that time I wanted to be a writer and I didn't do it because I pursued this career in in maths, uh, sorry, in science or whatever, mm. but people have uh, jeopardized their creative outlook in life all throughout this process from na- nursery all the way to year 11, um, which is late um, high school if you're in America. This is the creative outlook is that there isn't one in school which really wants to just say, you know what, it's okay to be yourself and it's okay to have a dream and an ambition and to thrive on it. We're missing that. We're missing I that in school. I think we're really missing it. Um, they are getting better. However, school was initially set up about the time of um, the kingdom, when we owned lots yeah, of different yeah. planet, um, countries and we wanted to educate people to a standard that could do all the paperwork for them across the planet. So there was a one standard and it was always about reading and writing and maths so you could be a nice little slave for your oppressors. And that's the system that started. Um, But it is proven, actually, that unless you're really clever with your maths, English and business, being a creative doesn't pay enough to actually live on this planet. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy job, so... Most of the teachers are actually going into it out of their hearts, good intention, they want to inspire people, but they're also brainwashed by the system and believe that you can't make money out of the creative yeah. industry, maybe, so it's harder I, to I push people into maybe, the creative Maybe that's industry. the message that they should be telling kids, because um, like you said, like you, it is hard to make money out of creative endeavours, but um, it was, I think 
like Alan Watts says, you get Alan Watts, like a famous philosopher. If people don't know who he is, but he used to talk about how he used to always get the question where people would come to him and say, like, what do I do? How do I find my passion and stuff like that? And people's like, well, I need to make a wage. I need to make a wage. And he says, well, is making a wage going to make you happy ultimately when you're on your deathbed? And he was like, and he was like, no, no, no. He's like, so what do you want to do? What do you want to do? He was like, oh, I want to be an artist. I want to be an artist, but there's no money in it. He went, but who cares? If you love doing that, do that thing. Like, even if you fail and don't make money in it, at the end of the day, what's going to give you more satisfaction? Is it going to be the job at the end of your life that you've made all this imaginary money? Or is it going to be something that you've unlocked within yourself? And and that's what they probably should say to kids, that you should just say, it doesn't matter if you fail. Just, like, choose whatever you want and just go for it. I think that's true. However, if we weren't in such austerity at the moment, and generally across the planet, everybody is and there was a freer flow of money, it would be a lot easier. Yeah. So it's all very well saying to kids, just go and do what you mm-hmm. want. But it's all too many artists, be it writers, artists, whatever your arts are, fall into depression because they can't actually survive. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's soul food, but without food, it's no food at all. I like that's a good point. It's when you're in this trap and you see the system like, you see that uh, you're working in a nine to five and you, you've got to pay your bills, you've got to pay your mortgage. But say you do want to be that writer, and you still, and what the, what do they call it in the industry? The, um, the starving industry, like the starvation period. Yeah. It, um, oh, there was one guy who's very. Um, he wrote a lot of poems. He was absolutely. He worked in the post office, and um, right away he he suffered from uh, alcoholism. He was he was really in a depressive state, and that and that was before he even started his creative flow. That was just from um, the system breaking him down. Wow. And then event, even when he went into his creative flow, so he, somebody took a chance on him in his first um, his first poem was dedicated to no one. Mm-hmm. And it was called The Post Office and it sold uh, half a million because um, he, he finalised this book. And he made um, millions and he was really, I can't remember his name, sorry, but he didn't change after that he right. didn't grow spiritually you'd think he would have but even to the point of um death he had on his tombstone don't try really yeah that was that was his because he felt like wow. he felt like that if he changed who he was then his poetry wouldn't have been connecting with people that's why he was there that's what he was getting at that. yeah wow. was. i mean i've got a completely different philosophy that changing who i am and telling people how I did it yeah. and how I look at it is just a lovely thing to express, really, because that the evolvement, evolution of my soul, I think I'm shortchanging my life if I don't evolve my soul whilst mm. I'm on this planet. Exactly, I, I believe that as yeah. well. When you yeah. were saying before about um, giving people more time and things like that, do you, what do you think about... Um, I've spoke about a bit about this before, but like basic, basic universal income. Do you think that could be sort of a platform that would absolutely that provide? I mean, because where is all this debt? Yeah. I'm sorry, but who do we owe the debt yeah, to? Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Who's in charge of the government, <laughs> and why? Who in debt? Who? <laughs> why are they paying out debt? Why can't they create? I mean, money does grow on trees. It is trees. Yeah. It's paper. <laughs> well, no, they make it out of plastic now. But seriously, who's making this system? Um, because there's an abundance on this planet of everything we need, mm. including the technology yeah. and the sciences. We've got everything we need. So, of course, a universal credit, a universal abundance for everyone. There isn't any other species that insists that you have to have an exchange to have your wealth, to have your food, to have your natural birthright to a home. Yeah. 
there's this huge, I mean, I think one of the factors I thought about was is that there's this, to, to do, because a lot of people say, well, how will we get the money from and things like that, because that's always an excuse people say. Um, but I think one of the problems I see is that there's a big gap in um, between the poor and the super rich. Like, there's a there's like a level. I mean, I think there's, a, there's a, I mean, people who obviously, us ourselves and people listen to this podcast, I mean, if you've got an iPhone yourself, you're doing okay, you know what I mean? Mm. But like, I think there's a level where, there's this level where the people that have got this made believe I don't know this huge number like probably unimaginable sitting in the bank account now and I mean if that was distributed in a more cleverly in more better way then people could have more time like that's when you could that's when you could filter like a basic universal income around where you give people this standard living wage where people can get the things that should be free anyway like food water a roof to live and then from there, if they want, if they want, then from there, if they want to make more money, fair enough. You can be creative. You can build a business, whatever you want to do. But everyone on the planet should should get, get to a point where they have a basic pot of money where you can basically just live and not die Indeed. and not starve to death. Yeah. Indeed, and I think that is a stopway between um, a planet that runs on financial wealth to one that is is it Ubuntu. Um, yeah. a, a, a moneyless society yeah. you know really we all do nice things for each other I wouldn't stop doing my art surgeons probably wouldn't stop doing what they're doing there's people out there that actually really want to help people yeah. and they were going to carry on doing those jobs whether there's money or not mm-hmm. you know and if you look at it realistically we could all have a really good level of living without doing without anything and without making anyone else do without anything I mm-hmm. mean I'm I don't need to change my car every few years. I only need to change it if it's broken, realistically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I only need to change my phone when it's broken. Apparently, they've got technology that's well advanced on what they're selling, but they want to sell all the different stages in between. Yeah. That is madness. Give us the high tech now, and we'll make it last for 20 years, and we'll make it environmentally friendly, and then we don't need to have so many people in these slave jobs trying to make them constantly so we keep exchanging money yeah it's the machine isn't it it's like, what, yeah. it's like what apple just been caught doing um tampering with um updating old phones so they can get a bit more obsolete like slowing down the software programs yeah. and that and they got really they got done for quite a bit for that um i think it was two years ago or might be just last year yeah it was that. a real big issue about how they understood like people are not going to be changing their phones every every year so yeah. they try to make them phones obsolete to the point of yeah, you must buy the new phone. Mm. You must change the charger. I mean, it's all it's all a scam on a, a global scale. And it's they want money and they don't care how they're going to receive it. They don't care about you as a person. They don't care about your creative thoughts. They don't care about your outlook on life. They don't care about the, um, the power of this planet. or they, care, they don't even care about the detriment of the planet. They care just about one thing, and that is corporate greed on a global scale yeah. and that's what i feel like is the main problem right now is when you said it's not humans you're completely right it isn't humans it is a structured structural problem and this global elite feel like they're obligated to um own this whatever it is financial financial slavery system that we're in they believe that they own that i mean dale carnegie when he did them um, when he wrote the book think and grow rich he um he talked to all um the top businesses uh, business owners in the world, and he tried to find out like their secrets, and one of them was, if you take away everything what we have, 
take away it was the steel industry America had the like largest steel industry at the time and he said take away everything take away all of our factories dismantle them take away our trucks take away our connections within four years we'll have it all back within four years everything will be back to normal well that's how long it'll take and that's their mindset their mindset is focus on one thing only where I was could be just podcasting those could be arts I mean theirs is pure competition competitive greed and absolutely it's, it's suffocating us yeah. as a society i think we have so much potential in the inspired human being and they are trying to suffocate it so they can keep control of the planet to be honest with you and i think if we could free the human then we'll fix it yeah when you were you made a good point before as well before as well when you said like you said they're freeing the human and you, i think we can free ourselves because you said before about how um you don't need to change your car every single year. Mm. Like that's something that I've done in my life. Um, like a while ago, I used to live this like flashy lifestyle where I had the fast car and stuff like that. And I realised that to free to to start freeing myself from that system, like you said, I don't need to get a new car. I don't need to have a flashy car. I just need to have a car that gets us from A to B. Mm. I don't have to use my car as much. I can use my pedal bike. I can run. I can mm. walk. I don't have to have all these objects in my house that I don't need. Mm. I don't need to consume this amount of food to get this amount of protein in my body. Whatever it is, all this bullshit that's wrapped in this, you mm. can start tiny, like sort of peeling away them layers constantly, constantly every single day. And within that, for me, that gives me my power back a little bit yeah. to have more freedom of my time because mm. it wasn't being sucked Definitely. away from us as much. But I think also to not scare people off too much, there's actually nothing wrong with owning things and owning nice things mm -hmm. yeah, and having a standard that. where actually if I did have a sports car because I'd quite like one that's okay I just don't need to be greedy about having one turnover all the time yeah. and I think there's a, but, but, sorry, jump a in, balance but I was, was going to sorry jump in I was just going to say as well though but a good question to ask yourself and that which I did is that like you said it's, it's fine having a flashy car it's fine having this but just ask yourself the question how much time do I have to give away to get that thing? That's a really good that's question. The only th that's the only yes. thing, because that's, yeah. a, that's a lot. People don't realise that. But in a moneyless society or in a basic wage society, mm. um, it's not to say that people couldn't have nice mm. things yeah. and nobody can tell somebody else, yeah, you can't have that flashy telly because... I have got a flashy telly because I make motion graphics and I have every reason to want a flashy telly. But, you know, that's important to me. I mean, it's not that flashy. But it's it's important to me to have that for the job I do and I can justify it. If you can justify it, no yeah. matter how you justify it, it's up to you. Yeah, does it add value? You're the life? individual. You're the judgment. You're the judgment day. It's up to you. If you think it's okay and the end's... The means justify the ends, is that yeah, the phrase, you know? Really yeah. So I would like to see that the telly was made a little bit more environmentally friendly and it was run a bit more envi environmentally friendly off better electricity. But that's not just my job, that's a whole society that needs to yeah. change that. And if I need a computer or you need technology to make a podcast that helps other people to become inspired themselves then that is justifying the means yeah, whereas yeah. in the future these people that are inspired are going to create better technology then you will then move up to the better technology yeah make it's, a better mic these are crap it's interesting <laughs> because me, me and you were driving down here Dan we we drove 300 miles to get here really yeah to do 
and it makes you think like the damage that we've done on the planet just to get here yeah we said to fill that up before. our diesel van to come <laughs> here and to get here and to talk about environment talk about saving the planet you kind of feel like i'm a hypocrite for doing this after <laughs> i feel like bono when he's flying around the world just in order to give talks about like environment <laughs> but maybe it's like you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs exactly. maybe it's just that's the way if we can reach say 100 people 200 a thousand yeah. 20,000 people who can say you know what today I'm not going to drive my car to work I'm on a cycle then that 300 mile is worth it mm. that's what you would be or there. if we can appeal to some of those big bosses or the people with the factories that suddenly go do you know what you've got a point there I'm going to start manufacturing better cars yeah. I'm going to start doing it in an environmentally yeah. friendly way if you can reach people like that you really are winning they could just even just start simple just say and put a, a cycle of work scheme on or just say a, a carpool where People get um, four people in a car instead of like four cars, just take one car. Um, mm. It's just little things like that that make a huge difference. And everybody in that factory would then realize, you know what, here's another idea. Why don't you try this? Or yeah. And that's what I mean. I love seeing that in factories. I, I mean, I work in a factory and there's um, a water station there and it helps um, Christian Aid. Mm. So I always like fill up there. Yes. And I would we do loads they do loads of stuff for charity and stuff like that it's very it's very thoughtful because it makes you makes you want to think more about like what you can do for that factory as well the more they give to you you're more willing to give back and especially if they're doing things in an environmentally friendly way that you approve of Mm -hmm. and you want to help them of course you're going to work better for them aren't you it shows you their stance on life and like their stance on what they're doing if they they want to be more ethical than they can be and People will resonate off that. That's why That's why many people are asking for a change now. People fundamentally are good. In any crisis, people pull together and help each other. Mm-hmm. And we're being brainwashed to think that people are bad. And it's not true. There's far more good out there than there is bad. Yeah, definitely. I think that's probably a good place to wrap up. I think that's been well. absolutely fantastic. Yeah, great podcast, that, by the way. Thank you. This Boom. Really cool conversation, that. I love that, by the way. Really loved having a conversation there with Louise. Really think she is a very relatable person and I'm sure that come across to you guys as well listening to this thing. It is really hard to find our way through whatever this is and whatever's going on. But I think it is very good when we do get people on like Louise who is in a position just like ourselves who is just trying to find a way through the wheel of life while also trying to maintain a steady life with two children and a husband at the same time. So I hope you liked that podcast. And as, as I think you would have, it would have been very relatable for you. So anyway, we'll catch you next week where we have another amazing episode as always. And just before you go, if you want to support the podcast, you can do that through our Patreon page. And Patreon really is the best way for you to support the podcast it basically allows you to crowdfund this podcast. And if you want to see more conscious things in the world, this is a time where you can help us out to to really give us the foundations to push this to another level. We really do appreciate you just even listening to this thing. We also have a one-off donation option if you want to help if you want to support there as well. So anyway, that's enough of that rambling. We love you all. Thank you so much for just even listening to this podcast. Keep seeking everyone peace and love.